Next Gen Gaming is here, but four months in, are we all impressed with the systems, the games and the features? All this and more in James Woodcock's Game and Gadget Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the fourth Game and Gadget podcast. I'm James Woodcock, your host, and my website jameswoodcock.co.uk is where you can stream and download all of my audio and video podcasts. Please welcome Ken Barnes, editor at purexbox.com. Hello. And Marty Greenwell, writer, editor, and podcast host at consolemonster.com. Hello. To begin with, we actually have a few questions from Twitter and Facebook from our followers intrigued to know more about the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 situation. So our first question, and I hope I pronounce his name correctly, Colm Ahern asks, do you think either one has justified their price tag? So, Ken, what do you think? Obviously the PS4 started out cheaper than Xbox One, but now we're a few months down the line. Has the situation changed? What have I perspectives um i don't think either one's justified their price tag yet but it's not uh it's a standard thing you know um with a new console it usually takes six months to a year to get off the ground so it's not something to worry about yet but neither one has has really justified their price tag yet if you'd spent 400 pounds on either console then you wouldn't necessarily be the happiest person in the world i mean you may be Depends on, on which what type of games you enjoy, I, I would assume. And of course, the investment in any console isn't really just the console. You'll want a few games, which adds to the cost. You'll want probably another controller. You may want a plug-and-charge kit, uh, an individual remote, and before you know it, that original price has become irrelevant anyway. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Marty, with... I, I Nearly think six that, months down the line now. I think the, the question's a little bit more uh, complex than that. Does the price justify the cost of the hardware? I think, yes, it does. Because um, a lot of technology is invested in these consoles. And if you think about the PC market, you can spend as much as a £1,000 on a graphics card. So in, in terms of hardware, yes, I think they are completely justified in their, in their, uh, in their prices. Games wise, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more tricky in that respect because there's not a lot of games out there for these consoles at the moment. So yeah, with it, I think it's 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 fifty fifty. I think yes, they justified hardware wise, perhaps not on software wise. Yeah, I don't think either one have a triple A title just yet. And although Xbox One has just had Titanfall. It's a great game, but I don't think it's setting the world on fire with excitement just yet. Well, maybe not in, in on Xbox One, but uh, I, I, I certainly went to a LAN party a couple of weekends ago, and uh, and that was the one game that everybody played the entire weekend, and it was difficult to get anybody else to play anything else. And it looks a, fa- a fabulous game, and I think they've got that really sorted with the whole... Uh, power up and um, a ranking system on that game. 
It's, it's really nice to play online. Which follows on really nicely to our next question from Craig Anderson, who asks, will Xbox dropped Connect to drop the price to pick up sales? Um, no, I don't think they will. Um, it's something that the analysts are recommending they do. It's something that some, quite a lot of gamers, in fact, are recommending that they do. But Microsoft have never said that they will do that. Uh, people appear to be assuming that, that that's going to be their next step. But for Microsoft to, to get Connect over with gamers and to, to, for, to have the audience for Connect-only games, then they need Connect to be in people's lounges. Uh, so getting rid of Connect makes doesn't make a great deal of sense in terms of uh, a long-term strategy. I mean, it, it will get the price down now, but in, in ter- as I say, in terms of a long-term strategy, I don't think it, it makes sense. I have to agree. I mean, you, I can tell just from using the Xbox One for a week now, it's so integrated into the system. Whatever part you go into, you mm. feel like there's some connect involvement, whether that's using the video elements, the gestures, the voice commands. There's something there as part of it. Now, theoretically, they could remove connect from that part of the system, but would it improve value by making it cheaper, as Ken says, for short-term value? What do you think, Marty? Maybe short term. I, I think they're so invested now in Connect that they can't do it. And I, I agree with Ken. I don't think they can remove it from the system. I, I think they've got it so integrated that they, they're stuck with doing that, regardless of whether gamers like it or not. And I've, I, we've got this whole NSA thing about privacy, and maybe that is turning people off of it. I don't know, but you've got webcams integrated into laptops, so. It, it's no different, really, is it? No, well, you can I... unplug Connect, can't you? So you can, made yeah. that as an option. So that's not a big deal. So you could say because it's unpluggable, you could include it without Connect. But I think the key point really is developers are only going to take advantage of a part of a platform if it's there as standard. As it, soon as you make it a separate thing, it's a, well, we might do something, but only if we have time. But how many games so far on Xbox One have actually been Kinect games? There seems to be a, a massive, massive crowd, and maybe that reflects developers' attitudes towards producing games for Kinect. They, do, do they really want to do it? I don't think you look at Connect though as the same we did with Xbox 360 where it was all wave your hands about, jump in the air and it just tracking your movement. This Connect seems far more uh, important as far as audio commands. Well, the audio commands you can have with a microphone. You, you don't need Connect for that. I mean, we need to see stuff that improves the Xbox One experience due to Connect and that is what's going to get people to, to connect with connect if you want to say that kind of thing <laughs> and uh, you know that that's what we need we need something compelling that, that makes people think yes this is a worthwhile peripheral you're absolutely right marty you could do this with a headset but the only time you really want to wear a headset is if you're playing multiplayer gaming when you're talking to other people as well when you're playing a single player game the last thing you want to do is stick something on your head so actually having the mics as part of a the webcam system over by your television set means I can still give the voice commands. It picks them up very clearly. I I would say 85% to 90% of the time it picks me up absolutely fine. And it's just like little examples which do actually make a difference. Well, well, sure. I mean, I I think the the 
the progression in 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 uh, voice recognition is huge. The the stuff that you can get with uh, mobile phones now with Android and, and iPhone are incredible. Um, but you don't need a connect for that. You can have a microphone. So, I mean, I'm using a, a directional mic now for this podcast. You don't need a camera for that for that situation. And when we're talking about two different things. We're talking about voice commands, or we're talking about the uh, camera recognition. Which makes up Connect as a whole platform. I mean, I agree with you. There's no games out just yet. I mean, there's going to be Connect Sports Rivals, which is going to be the whole gestural thing, and that'll be interesting to see how successful it is in picking up your gestures compared to the previous Connect. But I look at Connect as a total package. So I want to see more games where if I lean, the character leans. If I look to the left a little, it's it's picking up all these little nuances. If I'm looking happy or sad, it's putting those situations into a game. And I've, I think this sort of picking up of what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're feeling, will become far more immersive as time moves on. But certainly at the moment, there's no key game where you think, yeah, that's no, all beyond not at all, yeah. It's just the promise and, and, needs, and the capabilities. And that's what it needs. It needs that software to get the sales and, and to engage people with Connect. And at the moment, it does not have that. Well, I think um, Connect Sports Rivals will, will get it over with quite a lot of uh, families and, and people who, who maybe we're thinking uh, that there aren't any connect games out at the moment i mean you you're absolutely right there's nothing worth playing with connect right this second but um connect sports rivals i can i can only say so much but it's it it works it works very well uh so i think it, uh, especially when you consider how uh, things like Wii bowling on the Wii what that did uh, in getting the Wii console into people's lounges connect sports rivals bowling is is on a par in terms of what it does, you know, right, so I think people will jump in and, and play that. Ken, can you can you say on a, a kind of um, percentage terms as to connect? I'm going to say connect one and then connect one because they're both the same thing. Yeah. Uh, the first one and the second one in in real terms, how much better is the connect one? Uh, it's leaps and bounds ahead. Leaps and bounds. Um, I mean. Percentage terms, uh, it, it's you can't really put a percentage on it, but I mean, it's uh, the new Connect with Connect Sports Rivals picks up every single gesture in single player. It has some trouble with multiplayer because of the, well, mainly because of space issues, um, but it, every single gesture is picked up in single player. Well, space issues was was a big thing with Connect, uh, the first Connect, because it had to have quite a lot of um, space in order to, for the camera to even pick you up. So, is that not such an issue now? Not really. No, you need uh, less space. Uh, I mean, you still need clear area in front of your TV, of course, but you, you need less space. It has a better uh, sort of field of view, etc. So. It's more events where you've got two people who are standing next to each other who are trying to do movements um, where the left-hand player has to move his arm to the right and ends up clocking the other guy in the face. Um, you know, the Connect gets confused at times with that. But when you take the, the multiplayer aspect out of it in that sense and just put the single-player modes in place, every single movement is picked up and picked up well. You know, it's, it judges power, speed, etc. So, it's 
I think once uh, the challenge Microsoft faces is getting people to actually play it because they've seen this before with Connect Sports, they've seen it with Wii Sports. Um, how are the, how is this different? How do Microsoft communicate to the general public? This is different. This is better without them actually playing it. I think the biggest problem actually the Microsoft, uh, Microsoft face with the uh, with the Connect is the original Connect and and the failure. Well, I'll, I'll say failure. It, it did succeed in some aspects, but um, mm. but generally people did not respect that system, and I think that was the biggest issue Microsoft had to try and push Connect One because people didn't pick up Connect previous one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an issue, certainly, certainly. But as Ken says, it's a rather large improvement, some features that really make a difference. I mean, going back to the audio side again, when you're playing a game, you've got gunfire going off and explosions, you can still give a command. And most of the time, it will actually pick it up for absolutely fine, which is great. So it's simple things like when I'm playing FIFA 14, if I want to make a substitution, instead of going through all the menus, I just say substitution and it comes up with a little menu bar at the bottom while I'm still playing and I can quickly make a sub. Playing Tomb Raider, I can change from the bow to the pistol, which doesn't sound that exciting, but just trying it for the first time and I'm concentrating and creeping up on an enemy and don't really want to hit another few keys to change weapon, I can just go, bow. And for some reason, I sort of whisper it because I'm creeping up on the enemy, even though I don't really need to. And it's just like, it's silly immersion, but it works. But again, James, that, that that's not needed for a camera, is it? And that's no, just... but it's a special mic system. That's part of Connect. And I'm not saying the camera, you know, isn't important. It should be used more, but it's part of Connect, and the audio part is really impressive. Yeah, okay, the audio part is impressive, and I think that should be impressed on on uh, anybody listening. But that's not an eighty pound component of of Xbox Three uh, of Xbox One. So the question was, uh, will Xbox drop Connect to drop the price to pick up sales? And basically, no, they won't. And, um, and if they did, they'd be completely bonkers because they'll kill Connect. Absolutely, and I mean, you just need to look at the, the PS4, which has a similar system available. You know, it has the PS4 camera. For I, I can't recall the price, but I think it brings the total system price up to a similar amount if you buy the camera as well. Yeah, it does. And nobody that I know owns one. No, I don't. I literally, no. could not name one person who owns one. I've not seen one in stores. I've not. I know there's a um, a playroom app that's free with PS4, which you can do stuff with with the camera. But nobody, as far as I'm aware, is developing anything for the PS4 camera. But there well, are a lot of Connect games it, in development. So we'll, we'll wait to see to, to to see those Connect games. Yeah, I mean for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. There's no PS4 games at all for the, for the camera. Other than the thing that you're talking about, that um, actually got banned from uh, the Twitch TV, didn't it? I don't know. I did hear something about that, but I don't know the details. And of course, let's not forget, Connect is not just for the gaming side. It's for the interaction with the user interface. I can say, go to Netflix, and it goes to the app, and I can then select a profile, select a movie, a TV show, whatever. It's for navigating around and... One of the actually surprising features, which I'm now using a lot, is built-in Skype with 1080p. 
which I'm sure is fantastic for the person watching me, but obviously I'm still relying on their crappy camera at the other end, so it's not perfect. But uh, I'm I'm impressed with Connect and the promise, and the technology is just far superior to the last generation. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad that that that's the case. I mean, I've not got... uh an Xbox One at the moment, but this will be a, an exclusive to this podcast. I did, in fact, buy one today. Ooh. Yay. Why? Why today? I was looking at my bank account balance, and I wanted to have Titanfalls, and I bought a Titanfalls pack. Hey, You see, the Titanfall pack is getting sales. <laughs> it sure is. That's a, that, that's a good good choice i mean the, the titan 4 pack is is good value the game is outstanding so there you go and the best thing about connect it's completely ludicrous but i just find walking into the room and saying xbox on and seeing that light up and then it turning my tv on is like sweet <laughs> <laughs> It's just little things like that. And I've taught my fiance how to turn the Xbox. Oh, no, and it's actually turned on. <laughs> well, at least I know it's listening and working as it should. I'm turning that feature off, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be very careful you don't say the name Xbox because then it's going to trigger it. And yes, and it's triggered it again. So I'll turn that off manually so I'm not disrupting the podcast too much. But, Ken... Someone who has Xbox One, are you utilising the Connect features other than actually within the game you've just tried? Uh, yes. Um, again, with the audio side of things, I mean, I'm not doing anything with gestures or uh, anything like that in the user interface. I'm using uh, Xbox Go to Netflix, etc., etc. But um, yeah, the whole navigating through the front end of the system with with your hands and with the gestures, they could get rid of that and I would be a happy man because it triggers quite often when you're just sat on in the lounge and you happen to move a hand and all of a sudden you've got a menu system popping up on screen. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great, but um, I really don't see the point of the whole gesture thing in the menus. Audio for sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, and maybe there's some people who'd prefer to do it that way, but I'm not sure who they are. But anyway, no. <laughs> moving on to our next question. Would the controller be a deciding factor on choosing which console to purchase? And that's from Ricky Perkins. No. <laughs> not, no. Not for me. I mean, the controllers are so close to each other in terms of quality that there's... No, just just no. I mean, in the olden days, or back in the days of the the Dreamcast or the first Xbox, which had really had controllers that were really sort of chunky, devices, chunky. You know, if you had really small hands, you would have trouble actually playing them. But so that might be a factor when it came to to deciding whether to purchase the console. But with the Xbox One and PS4, no, no, not at all. I think the PS4 has actually uh, improved their controller quite considerably. Um, but the only thing that I really don't like about it is this whole little LED light in the front. It it's, looks quite bright. It's very bright. And, and unfortunately, it's not a problem really for me due to where my TV is. But a lot of people have issues with reflections of the controller and the TV screen. But apparently, that is, there is a firmware update coming that allows you to change the brightness of the LED. And uh, they, they really need that. They really do need that. Yeah, they were, they've um, gone as far as saying we're, we're not going to let you turn the LED light off altogether. 
Um, but you know, we'll let you turn it down. But so, people, oh, people are selling on eBay uh, a, uh, things that you can, but you could just put gaffer tape on the front of it. Gonna say a bit but of People are actually selling things on eBay that you can put across your uh, your controller, and they are making money from this. So that seems really quite cool. strange to me. Like covering up the Kinect camera, you mean? <laughs> well, you can get those as well. So yeah, exactly. No, as Ken says, the controllers are so similar in quality, not just function. That I think these days it's not so much an issue. Actually, the issue probably would be comparing Wii U controller to next-gen counterparts because it's so different. I have seen a couple of um, reports of people talking about the rubber on the PlayStation 4 controller uh, kind of eroding, which is quite concerning. Eroding. I haven't Lovely. seen seen any of that. I mean, on my my PS4 controller, if I'm honest, hasn't had enough use for that to happen. Uh, mine either, as well. So I can't comment personally on that factor. No. Well, I ordered an Xbox One additional controller a while back, and it came without a back panel for the battery compartment. So that beats everybody's. Well done, James. Yay! I win. <laughs> That's a limited edition controller. Right it there. is. Uh, there is a limited controller for Titan Fours now that costs 70, uh, 70 quid. That is a bargain. Yeah. If I say so. I've got, I, I was quite surprised. Um, I was uh, sent one, and I've got it sat here, and I opened it up and thought, this is going to be the greatest controller ever for that sort of money. You know, they, there's going to be some sort of special function to it and no it's literally just an xbox one controller with some paint on it um exactly it's surprising it's very nice but you should be able to convert yourself into a titan (laughs) absolutely (laughs) instead of a titan prize (laughs) what are our overall impressions of xbox one and ps4 so far who asking that to james Anyone who's willing to answer, Marty. <laughs> so you're probably not the best qualified just yet because you've literally only just got your Xbox One. But of PS4, is it everything you expected this far down the road? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's what I expected, yeah. But um, is it worth purchasing one now? I, yeah, I, uh, it's it's quite a difficult one. If you want the latest tech, then buy a PC. If you want, uh, if you want a, a console, I would stick personally with PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Sixty because I don't think currently we have the games to justify the next gen consoles. Yeah, I'd have to go along with that as well, Marty. Although I am really enjoying the Xbox One, the patches are still coming through quite fast. I know that's great for someone who actually owns one to see all these improvements and additions that maybe were missing from even the Xbox 360 platform and you're just starting to make it, such as party chat improvements and so on. 50 hertz compatibility for UK televisions. It's It still not doesn't feel quite ready yet. No, it, it's but that, that's the same with all launches, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, of it's, course. It's going to take. It's going to take a, a PS3 and Xbox 360 really did not get into their twilight years uh, until year three, 
And that's when we're going to see the best of the consoles. But, you know, early adopters, we buy the kit because we like the kit. And that's why we do it. We are curious beings and like to try these things. And we much have to, to have, our, much have to our to, peril. Exactly, but we have to have these these people to drive the the, the 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 sales. Exactly, exactly. But if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you either either have an Xbox 360 or PS3 anyway. So I'm sure you're very happy with that console still, and there's plenty of games to enjoy on the platforms. So should you get an Xbox One or PS4? If you have the money aside and you're interested in what next gen is, and of course, by all means, you won't be disappointed. There are good games available and there's lots of little extras to try out. But if you want to hold back a bit, there's certainly no harm in doing that. And you could probably wait till Christmas when hopefully there's a lot more games available, interface improvements and a whole plethora of other exciting things to enjoy. And cheaper, maybe. Very possibly because Xbox One had a little price drop in the UK and uh, retailers in America are doing special deals. So on the Xbox One side, people worried about Connect inflating the cost can be a little less concerned because it's actually getting price drops in other ways. Xbox One, six months nearly down the line. What do you think of the platform? I think the platform's good. Um, I think, to be honest, the, the whole operating system needs an overhaul still. Um, because it, it hasn't changed enough from launch, uh, where it was incredibly flaky. But I mean, in terms of a, a whole entire package, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's good. There are some very good titles: Dead Rising, Rise, um, Assassin's Creed games. That in some cases, if you haven't played them on the last gen, then you're getting the best version of them on Xbox One or PS4. Because uh, quite a lot of them are on both, uh, so I mean, it depends. If, if if you're really happy with your 360 and your PS3, then you know, stick with your 360 or your PS3. But by Christmas, you're going to have things such as Assassin's Creed Unity, which is a next-gen exclusive PS4, Xbox One only, uh, and PC. So you know, maybe you'll be looking to take the plunge then. But right now, it's. PS4 or Xbox One, neither one of them is essential. No, and in fact, uh, if you compare even the entertainment side of things, although it has Netflix, Xbox One, compared to the apps available on Xbox 360, it's still quite a way behind. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still using... I've got my 360 plugged in via my Xbox One for NHL Game Center, which there's been absolutely no mention that it's going to be ported to Xbox One at any time in the near future. So and it's the same with a lot, with a lot of apps. The same is true with with PS3. That uh, uh, compared to PS4, PS3 is is better media savvy. So Ken, are you using the TV input at all for TV to watch TV? Uh, no, not at all. I, I, mainly, I don't have a TV connection. I don't watch TV at all. I use Netflix. Ah, you're probably the wrong person to yeah. ask there. <laughs> well, personally, I have my FreeSat HD box plugged into it, which is a Humax HDR 1000S for anybody who's interested. That's it- some big numbers, Mr. Uh, do you think that uh, has the 60 hertz and 50 hertz things affected you? 
No, because luckily, just as I got the Xbox One, the patch had come out, which in this month of March, to fix the issue. And although the option to change it to 50 hertz is buried in a troubleshooting part of the interface, which I found a little annoying, it works absolutely fine. The only breaking point for me is you've got all these voice commands and I can say the console name, watch TV, opens up the TV, fine, and if your free sat box or whatever other decoder box you've got plugged in is on, will display absolutely fine. But you want that extra step then of being able to control which channel you want to hop to which you can't currently do for UK systems. Now, there's some in America where you can, but over here, those features aren't available yet. And although I'm sure they will come eventually, it's it's a little bit disappointing at the moment. But it it's, does work. You can snap TV while you're playing a game and hear the audio still. So it, for novelty factor, it does work. And I'm quite happy to watch TV through Xbox. And I still get only the important notifications of when someone invites me to a game or to a Skype conversation appear on screen that's something that, that concerned me uh with the next box one system is you, you get these excessive um uh, notifications so it's good to see that that doesn't happen no I'm, I'm actually that upset game is because it wasn't showing who was coming online you had to go to the friends app which doesn't really bother me because I've got quite a few friends and I think because you can have so many friends now since Xbox One was released, instead of the standard 100, you can have, what was it, a thousand? A thousand, or yeah. A thousand, yeah. yeah. So imagine, you know, anywhere near that number logging in constantly appearing on your screen while you're trying to watch TVs and on start, it would be incredibly distracting. you probably get divorced. <laughs> but now you've got a new problem. Yeah, you can't see who's coming online. But I think in the next update, that's going to be made available again and there's an option to switch on. And because they've got a favourites list now, you could probably just show your favourites who come online. So they are sort of categorising it and make it much more user-friendly. And again, this is something where we wait for these important updates just to add more features and a little bit more control over what's available. But along the same lines, now you have an issue with games such as uh, FIFA 14, which is recording um, recording game clips. You know, if, if a keeper makes a save, a certain type of save, uh, where he catches the ball, it comes up and says, game clip recorded, caught the ball. Uh, game clip recorded, the ball was punched away. You know, and, and during a match of FIFA 14, this can happen. I mean, I, I played a match the other night where I had 30 notifications at the end of a game, which lasted 12 minutes. You know, and that is the fault ridiculous. of yeah, and that is the fault of FIFA. I've, I've been playing yeah, cooperative yeah. online games, and me and a friend from work have been enjoying it, and actually got up to the Division Four last evening. So I'm very happy about that. Well but just but most of the game clips seem to happen when the goalkeeper punches something away. Yeah, yeah. which is the part where we have very little involvement. Not the bit where we score these fantastic goals, which happens on rare occasions, but when the goal... Now, that, obviously, this is a problem with FIFA. This is something they need to sort out. But yeah, these are the sort of notifications which can be distracting if it's overly done. And luckily, it's an error on this particular title rather than a, a general user interface concern. Yeah, I think I think it does tie into the operating system, though, because... Um, to be honest, I'm not going to use the Xbox upload functionality all that much. So I want to turn off achievement uh, um, notifications for all game clips. So, but I can't do that. Yeah, 
Have either of you used the Twitch broadcasting feature yet? Not no, not at all. No, no. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, I tr- actually, that's a lie. I tried it once with just audio rather than using Connect for the video to show me in the corner of the screen, which is a nice use for Connect. Um, but then I realised after I'd recorded the damn thing and listened back to it, of course, this was going live and no one had actually told me in the chat area, which you can see snapped at the side of the screen, that they couldn't actually hear what I was saying because the game audio was so loud. And unfortunately, there's no way to tell this when you're recording the thing. You're relying on what people are telling you. So hopefully in a future update, this will be shown with some maybe uh, audio level graphic so, the, so you can do it on the fly. But that was a bit disappointing. James um, had, had, had disabled the... Uh, the um piracy stuff from uh, from happening so you can record the video on your ps4 now on Woo-hoo. games and we've had another question hot off the press this time from twitter tag wayne davis 89 so how do you see xbox live and playstation network evolving over the coming years and really that ties into what do you think of the subscription the free games that have been offered so far i'd imagine um, I think the, the over the coming years, PlayStation Plus is going to become uh, the de facto service. You know, the, uh, Microsoft is giving away free games with gold, as they call it, but they're very old titles usually, and there's only two a month. Um, on PlayStation Plus, for the money you're paying, uh, the games and products that you get are unbelievable. I mean realistically if you own a playstation 3 you don't need to buy any games uh because the games you're getting on playstation plus are full retail games some of them are quite recent i mean bioshock infinite was on there uh no more than a month or two ago um and they're full retail games that you can play for as long as you have a playstation plus subscription so i think microsoft needs to up its game to even be in with to even be included in this conversation at this point. I'm wondering if Sony can actually sustain this particular model because I mean, not not for PS3. I think PS3, they, they have enough uh, older titles to be able to do this, but they're struggling, I think. And I think this is, it's, it's relevant for when they're announcing the titles that are going to be available for... Uh, PlayStation Plus for PS4 they have committed themselves to having a PlayStation Plus title for PS4 and I do wonder if they can actually sustain that because I don't think they have the games to do that Well no, it seems at the moment they're working with um, with indie developers uh, to get a title out on PS4 uh, each month, so next month we've got Mercenary Kings which is a side-scrolling platformer, that's that's going to be free uh, and hasn't been on PS4 before. No, it hasn't, but it's a rip-off of, um, uh, of a, uh, an SNG game, a SNK game. It's similar to Metal Slug, quite... Metal Slug, yes. Yeah, quite, quite similar, but it's, there's a, there are a, a lot of improvements, to be fair. I've been interested in the PC version for some, some months and... Uh, I was about two minutes away from buying it, and then uh, Sony announced it would be free next month, so I didn't. Um, so, I mean, 
they are they are working to get titles on the PS4 with PlayStation Plus, um, and of course they will get to the point where they've got games such as Killzone, Shadowfall, and Knack appearing on PlayStation Plus. But yeah, for for a while there there, there may be a less games than you would find on the PS3 version, of course. Do you think that uh, PlayStation Plus is, is sustainable then? Yes. I think mainly because of the amount of titles that they have in active development with indies, um, which we've heard nothing about. We had, there were a whole load of hoo-ha about how PlayStation and Sony were the place for indies to to gravitate towards and then we've heard nothing about the title since. That's because I'm, I'm relatively sure that quite a lot of them are in development solely for PlayStation Plus, you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it, during the monthly announcement, you get here's this title that you've not heard anything about for a while, and it's going to be free next month, you know. So I think I think Sony has enough of a catalogue, you know, especially with things such as PlayStation Now as well going forward um, that of course they'll be able to say you can have a, a free pass to the PlayStation Now version of The Last of Us or something from the PS2 you know which isn't as great value wise but it it makes it look as if there's a lot of content on there which will draw I, people in I, I've not got a, a PlayStation Vita at the moment but I have been claiming those uh, titles that you can have from PlayStation Plus. Um, I am very uh, convinced to to buy a uh, Vita console. Do you think that this is what Sony are trying to achieve to get more people into the Vita uh, console format? Undoubtedly, yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I've got a Vita. Uh, if if it wasn't for PlayStation Plus, I wouldn't own one anymore. Um, because the, I don't go to the store and buy PS Vita games. You know, it's, there's, there's nothing out there that, that sells it to me. Uh, but when there's, there's a big difference between going and paying £25 for a title in, in game or wherever you're buying from, and somebody saying, hey, you know what, this game's free, you can try it. You know, then you'll download it and you'll play it and you'll, you'll at least give it five minutes and it's cost you nothing. So it keeps the, the platform alive. Um, while there's very little else out there that would be a compelling reason to own a PS Vita at the moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think on the PS4 side, it's really hard to compare against the PS3 for the simple reason, obviously, PlayStation 3 had a massive catalogue of full retail games when the service was first launched, whereas PS4 is a fledgling console release, and there's not a great deal of titles available to buy, never mind give away. So I'm sure in a year's time, it may be a different picture. And of course, Xbox One on that side... That's got very few uh, indie titles of any description. It's probably Peggle 2 and a golf game by Microsoft, which are your selections at the moment. But it was nice to have a weekend sale. So Tomb Raider Definitive Edition was half price this weekend. So what next-gen games have we been playing on our respective platforms? Let's start with you, Ken. Um, I've been playing Titanfall um, on Xbox One. On PS4, I haven't, if I'm honest, for the last month or so. Um, but yeah, on Xbox One, it's been Titanfall. Been trying to finish Assassin's Creed, and 
Um, also completing Rise and Dead Rising. So what did you make of Rise? Because that looks a graphically impressive title, but the reviews have been a bit lukewarm. Graphically incredibly impressive, yeah. It's uh, it also incredibly repetitive, um, but the, the story drives it on. Uh, it's quite short. There's not really any reason to go back in and play multiplayer, uh, as far as I could see. Um, but the, the story is strong enough. Um, it's probably six, seven hours of gameplay in there, which is not going to be enough for most people to make it a, a £45 title. So, you know, once once the price comes down on it, uh, at £20, £25, it's a, it's a must-have, I would say. And what are you making of Titanfall? I'm terrible at it, but it's amazing. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? It really is, yeah. It's uh, I'm not somebody who plays FPS games. Um, certainly not in a multiplayer format. I'll play through the single-player mode of, of Battlefield and Call of Duty each year. But um, Titanfall is... I keep coming back to it, you know, just, just for a quick couple of rounds here or a quick couple of rounds there. And that often descends into two and three and four hours of gameplay. So um, it's doing something, right? Yeah, it's just that rapid gameplay experience, which has been lacking a bit. Although this fast games, this one just feels fast, yet you still have control over what's going on. It reminds me a bit of Quake Free Arena when I played that back in the day. And that was frantic pace, but you felt like you still had control of what was going on. And Titanfall, it's got great big mechs for crying out loud <laughs> so it's like call of duty crossed with mech assault or mech warrior but with a lot of speed but it's and not it just it's, works. it's not just that you you also have the ranking system as well so it's kind of like a, an rpg and from that point of view yeah but i'd say it's a very minor point to the whole thing really is about the action the fact you've got these big titans roaming around, which come in after a few minutes each time, which you can speed up by killing these really dumb AI, which are really insignificant, but it uh, just makes it a quick way to get a titan. It's just a lot of fun. It's really hard to describe, but it's, I'd say its key selling feature is the weapons are really nicely balanced. Yeah. So even if you're trundling around in this great big titan, a pilot, which is basically just one who's just running around under their own momentum, can still tackle the Titan, either by jumping on its back and destroying it slowly, or by firing rockets from a distance with a lock-on target. It just works really, really well. And I'm surprised for a game that's just launched how robust that part of it is. Yeah, I mean, another point that I found was that when I when I do play online with uh, other FPS titles, I am absolutely dominated. I'm awful at it. Um, but with Titanfall, I sit there and play, and quite often my kill to death ratio is is it, kind of even. You know, I'm I'm not overly matched all the time. Yeah, uh, and that makes for a more enjoyable experience. Uh, I think know, I'm not throwing the controller down after two rounds, going, "Well, I'm never going to be as good as everybody else on this map." You yeah, know, I'm actually I have a chance of winning a round, and I think ironically that has a lot to do with the fact it's six versus six, mm. and it's not a bigger number, and the fact that there's AI running around as well. They're actually picking off AI a lot of the time rather than you yourself, so you're not an, such an easy target to spot. 
Yeah. There's other things happening on the battlefield to sort of take their attention, which gives you clues to where they might be and where they're attacking from, which you wouldn't normally get from, say, Call of Duty. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So those who are concerned about it being six versus six and that there's dumb AI, it actually improves the gameplay. I know it sounds completely backwards, but it just feels very well balanced. And I think that's the biggest positive you can probably give to Titanfall. But there are issues. Um, the resolution, the thing that's like just above 720p, doesn't make any difference to me because you're not sat in front of it like a PC monitor where you're analysing every jaggy... From a distance, it looks absolutely great. The mm-hmm. only minor issue, I would say, is the screen tearing. That's what makes it more of a distraction for me, and hopefully that will be fixed in the patch. Resolution doesn't interest me, but if this fixed the screen tearing, great. Yeah, I found when you first start up the game and you're sitting watching and playing through, the screen tearing is a huge problem, but it did fade over time for me. I barely notice it now. Um, but I mean, it, it does definitely need fixing. When you're sitting watching somebody else play, you can tell, you you can see it straight out. But you know, it, it's it's less of a problem for me after a few hours of play. Yeah, you definitely get used to it, but it's not ideal, is it? Oh, it's no, something they. Not. I mean, as a graphical thing, that's the area they should change rather than umping, upping the resolution. But there we go. But the frame rate's fairly consistent, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a great game. So if you are getting an Xbox One. Fancy a game like that? You've got the bundle now. That's the one to go for. So, Marty, what next-gen games have you been playing? Uh, I've not been playing an awful lot, to be perfectly honest. I, no, they've been uh, Pinball Arcade. I had a big battle with um, uh, with Sony over um, getting the tables because they had this, this crossover. Farsight... Uh, Farsight uh, promised to have uh, people who um, bought the tables on PlayStation 3 to be able to get them on, on PlayStation 4 for a discounted um, uh, price, but it didn't happen. Um, so no, they, I've not actually been playing much PlayStation 4 games at all. But what do you think they look, the ones you have been playing are they do they feel next gen? No, not particularly. I mean Battlefield 4 is nice. Uh, but no, I, my PlayStation 4 has been switched off. I uh, it's been a really real disappointing uh, situation, I think. So there's just not been the titles that have made you want to play the system at the minute? No, I, I don't think anybody should buy a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One at the moment, even though I have. Well, I've been playing quite a few Xbox One titles, so uh, Need for Speed Rivals, which is actually runs really well. I remember playing Need for Speed games when they first came out on Xbox 360 and the frame rate was horrible. On this one, it's great. <laughs> That's a major improvement. And, of course, it's based on the Most Wanted series. So it's the Cop Chasers, which is great. Always great fun. Uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition looks great. And although it's running, I think, 30 frames per second instead of PS4, 60 frames per second, still looks great. And actually, probably, the, bizarrely, the lower frame rate makes it look more cinematic because it's closer to 24 frames per second of a movie. Absolutely, yeah. I play, played the PS4 version and uh, I took it back two days later. It just doesn't sit 
properly for me. It does. It doesn't feel right. Bizarre, isn't it, Ali? Yeah, <laughs> Seems it's it meant to be strange. a plus. <laughs> Take away a little. I mean, in gaming, the higher the frame rate is usually the better thing. But for a very cinematic kind of title, and Tomb Raider Definitive Edition is very cinematic in the way it all plays out, the survival type of horror aspect. Yeah. It just works nicely at 30 frames per second. It's weird. Uh, other games have been playing Peggle 2, which is a really nice improvement to the original Peggle. Some nice new masters to play around with. Multiplayer always equally fun. Uh, what else have I got? Let me think. Titanfall, as we've been saying, is absolutely amazing, but there's some graphical tearing they could fix. Um, there's a Power Golf or some name along those lines by Microsoft. That's a nice looking golf game, which is nice and straightforward. Something to play with friends, definitely. Uh, and that's about it, really. I mean, I've got quite a few other titles. What are the standout titles? Uh, Forza 5 is very good. Graphically, there's some really nice settings there. Uh, so if you're into racing, definitely Forza 5. If you're into action, definitely Titanfall. Call of Duty goes on Battlefield 4. I probably made the mistake of playing Battlefield 4 first on the PC, a pretty high-end PC, and seeing it at a ridiculously high resolution with everything maxed out, and then playing it on the Xbox One. Not quite looking as impressive, unfortunately, but still a good game. Call of Duty is still Call of Duty. There's nothing really excitingly fresh or new there. Graphically, there may be some slight enhancements, which you'd probably notice more in the single-player campaign than you do to multiplayer. But I wouldn't say you've got to get it if you're a Call of Duty fan because it's just it's Call of Duty. If you've got it in the 360, the same version of Ghosts, there's no reason to go out and get the Xbox One version at all. No, there's not. Um, no. But we have this whole uh, PC and the console debate then, don't we? we? We do. I mean... I think we all we really need to say on it is that PC gaming still will always have its place. People are willing to spend all this money on graphics cards, which can cost just as much as these consoles, are going to be happy with what they have. I'm very happy having an Xbox One. I'm moving more away from PC gaming now because I have less time. I just want to sit down and play a game. I, I don't know. What do you think, Marty? Well, well, here's the question. Do we think that consoles are equivalent or does it matter or are pcs better that is about graphic fidelity i i went the lamp party that i spoke about earlier on i was so impressed by the graphical fidelity that i'm seriously considering upgrading my pc and i do think that they are better than my playstation 4 and xbox one does graphics matter? Is is that the be all and end all? I don't know. I I, I was just so impressed that I I almost felt the need to improve my PC. Yeah, I mean, I love graphics as much as the next person, but whether it defines the whole experience, no, because obviously it's just as involving as the story elements, the audio immersion, and actually. Things like the audio immersion, I think, sits better when you have your console for a surround sound system in your living room and you've got probably a much better setup than you would ever have on your PC. And that's obviously not the case for every PC gamer, but I think for the vast majority of people, that's the case. So graphical experience, does that really define whether one's better or not? No. And I think just like 
in the past PC games traditionally have had different controlling aspects to a console version of a game. You're probably more likely to play a Command and Conquer or a Simulator or you know these type of genres, uh, a multiplayer, um, what is it, MMO, RPG or whatever it is, <laughs> those sort of things on a PC than you would do on a console. Well, first so person shooters are very massive on, uh, on, on uh, PCs. And they are on consoles, and I think that's one area where they are very alike, but I can quite happily use a mouse and keyboard or use a controller and don't think either one is superior or inferior. Uh, really? You yeah. On a controller, I can access quickly extra buttons to throw grenades and do whatever else I need to do. The moving around may be not quite as... Well, not as much maybe moving around, but the aiming, if you're like a sniper, maybe mouse and keyboard is more your thing. But I think for quick movements and momentum, the controller is actually far superior. And mm. I've experienced this probably more in Halo 2 for PC. When I plugged in my Xbox 360 wire controller, I seem to be doing far better than I ever did in Halo on the consoles. And I think it's because I was up against a lot of keyboard and mouse players who just couldn't... Tr- trigger grenades and other actions mm. as quickly as I could. I, so it's really I, pros I, and cons. I think maybe more due to your skill, to be honest. Uh, no, I, I, no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'd like uh, people would, would disagree with you on that aspect. But yeah, okay, I, I respect your opinion. We'll go with that. To be honest, Marty, although graphics is what will sell it to a lot of PC people because they will be happy to spend the money on a graphics card and an audio card and a really impressive high, ultra high resolution monitor. But for me, I just want to sit down and play and the Xbox One and I'm sure the PS4 give us much better graphical experience than the previous generation, which will not make us think, oh, I need a PC. I think in terms of um, uh, graphical fidelity and, and experience, and for the vast majority of people, to who it matters, they will get the most out of consoles compared to PCs. I, I just, it's, it's just from my experience, I think PCs give a higher experience, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. A higher graphical experience, maybe. Yeah, okay. I can't see any other area where you could say PCs far superior well, we'll to go, consoles. I, I could I could argue about the control and the fidelity of control, but there there are companies that provide uh, mouse and keyboard uh, solutions that give you minute uh, angles of fidelity that you cannot get with a controller. But these are for people who do it. At a tournament level, yeah. In which case, they are really hardcore. I mean, we play a lot of games, but <laughs> there's still a lot of people out there that play it almost twenty four seven, of which we cannot compete. So, what f- final question? What games are we looking forward to, Marty? I am very much looking forward to this this game on the PlayStation Four. Actually, I think it's a multi platform. Uh, murdered soul suspect and it's really quite clever actually on its title because it's soul s-o-u-l but it's soul as in s-o-l-e and it's about (laughs) a guy who gets murdered and 
he has to go and uh, go along and, and solve his murder himself. And this is apparently going to come out in June 2014. The events of the game are set in uh, Salem, Massachusetts, and they focus on this detective, Ronan Connor, who gets slain by a brutless, relentless uh, killer called... Uh, well, he doesn't know. And he comes back as a ghost, and he actually has to solve this this whole mystery. Uh, it looks quite cool. What about you, Ken? Um, there's quite a few to look forward to. Um, within the next month or two, Child of Light looks good on Xbox One and other console platforms. Uh, Trials Fusion is going to probably take up all of my time forever um, because that looks absolutely stellar. Um, moving further on, you've got things like, uh, yeah, Murdered Soul Suspect does look good, I have to agree. Uh, Quantum Break, Sunset Overdrive, New Halo, possibly, uh, New Mirror's Edge, uh, Assassin's Creed, as usual, uh, is something to, to watch. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's tons en route. Uh, and the crew from Ubisoft, which could go either way. Uh, kind of racing, open world racing game could go either way. Hopefully, they do well with it because, from what I saw of it, it was great fun in the Need for Speed kind of um, kind of realm. Um, but it, it looked like it could be great fun. But there have been some reports that it's had some development problems. Um, hopefully, they pull that one out of the fire and it works works well because it looks looks really nice. It's amazing how many games have been delayed. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm very much looking forward to uh, the Drive Club, but I'm actually wondering whether we'll actually ever get to play it. Yeah, the Drive Club looks looks good, but uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like you say, is, is it? Am I going to die of old age before it comes out? I I don't know. Hopefully not, Ken. Hopefully not. <laughs> But anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this latest Game and Gadget podcast. Thanks to our guests Ken Barnes and Marty Greenwell, and we'll see you in the next Game and Gadget podcast, I hope very soon. <laughs>